What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And on today's show, also joined by one of our favorites, John Kegley, one of the original members of the show to break down this game against the Panthers. But this episode is brought to you by Pepsi, made for football watching, thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football, but instead of entering the NFL, they will join another league, the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Before we get started, we are three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, Slam Diego's top sports blog who have been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which you can find on the Facebook page, Chargers Domination Live. We recorded a new one last night, and this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, I know we're all very excited for this weekend's game against the Carolina Panthers, but we have a lot to get into going into it because today we're going to get into our keys for success. We're going to start with the offensive side of the ball with rookie quarterback Justin Herbert and what we want to see from him this week and then get into the defensive side of the ball to wrap up the show before getting into our game and bold predictions. But for the news today, we're going to be starting with an injury report for the Chargers that is pretty lengthy. I don't think there's a ton on there that really surprises us, but there's a lot to get into. And then a couple of big names on the Panthers side of things as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. The Los Angeles Chargers have released their Thursday injury report, and they had 11 players show up on the list. This is Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. The Chargers have a lengthy injury report this week, but there was not a ton of surprises, and I think for the most part, it is pretty good news. You have Joey Bosa, who was limited last week with a triceps injury, been able to practice fully all week, which means he should be all systems go into the weekend. And you also had guys like Melvin Ingram show up on the list and Hunter Henry. But the good news is both of those guys were able to fully participate as well on Thursday, which is the biggest indicator of who is going to play on Sunday. But David, it is a very, very long list. And there are some players for the Chargers we don't expect to see going into Sunday's game against the Panthers. Yeah, definitely. There are a few guys that are more than likely going to be out, starting with the quarterback, the QB1. Tyrod Taylor is officially going to be out for this game, so your starting quarterback is going to be Justin Herbert. And it's definitely going to be a little concerning, Daniel. Going into this game, they're going to have quarterbacks that are going to be active on Sunday that have a total of one NFL start between them, so a lot of inexperience there. On the offensive line, Brian Bulaga was also a limited participant both days in practice, but seeing as he was able to at least participate in some form or fashion, that is good news. Hopefully he will be available on Sunday. Rayshon Jenkins was limited with a groin injury, so I wouldn't be surprised if newly signed Chargers safety Jaleel Adai gets activated from the practice squad and brought up as part of the two guys that can be activated or just signed to the active roster. Justin Jackson, the Chargers running back, is going to be out again this week. He didn't practice on either day, and I would expect that the Chargers are going to see a lot more of Joshua Kelly out there. So uh, definitely a lot of injuries there, Daniel, but for the most part, the key guys are going to be out there and ready to go for the Chargers on Sunday. Yeah, and Joshua Kelly should be key as all of the three Chargers touchdowns so far in 2020 have 
had a rookie in the middle of it, a passing and rushing touchdown from Justin Herbert and a rushing touchdown from Joshua Kelly. So I expect to see a big dose of him. I think that Jaleel Adai might also come up because of the lack of linebacker depth this week. The Chargers are already missing in Drew Tranquil, who was on injured reserve, and two linebackers, Asmar Bilal and Nick Vigil, did not practice a lot this weekend. Another safety, Desmond King, showed up on the list but was able to fully participate on Thursday, looking like he might get the start again at strong safety if Rayshon Jenkins is not able to go. But there were some big names on the Carolina Panthers side as well, including a late add to the injury report when Russell Okung, the Chargers' former starting left tackle, showed up and did not participate with an injury later on in the week, David. And that's definitely a big name as well as a couple of other key contributors for the Panthers that are maybe doubtful to play this weekend. Yeah, definitely. When you're talking about the left tackle position, I mean, the offensive line for the Carolina Panthers is already a makeshift one right now, and they definitely cannot afford to have their starting left tackle get put on the injury report late in the week. Whenever you don't practice late in the week, it's not a good sign that you're going to be available for Sunday. So the Chargers pass rushers got to be really excited to see that, and Carolina fans have to be very scared that they're going up against the pass rush that might be without their starting left tackle, Russell Okung. That's something Charger fans are definitely very familiar with during his tenure with the Chargers. The big name on the defensive side of the ball for the Carolina Panthers is defensive lineman Kawan Short. Kawan Short, a couple of years ago, was one of the absolute very best defensive linemen in the NFL. A force against the run. He did not practice either day this week with a foot injury, so his likelihood to to be available on Sunday is slim to none. Would expect that he is going to be out, so... The Chargers running backs are going to be able to find a little bit more success in the middle of that defense. The Chargers are going to have a little bit more success running the ball on Sunday without having to go up against Kawan Short. I think that's a big part of this as well. I think he's a key contributor for them stopping the run, and they've allowed 4.8 yards per carry so far this season and have gotten a little roughed up by running backs like Josh Jacobs and Leonard Fournette in their two games. So it could be a big Josh Kelly game. And the other big name for the Panthers that doesn't show up on this list is all-pro running back Christian McCaffrey, who has been put on injured reserve and will not play this weekend as well. So I think that absolutely helps the Chargers too. And one of the biggest parts of the Carolina Panthers offense is going to be missing. So the Chargers defensively should be licking their lips as far as this matchup goes. They should have a very good game against a team that has been able to put up some points early on this season. But we do have two more segments to get into because it's time to get into our keys for success before wrapping the show up with some of our predictions and bold predictions for this game. But first, I need to tell you guys that this episode is also brought to you by Visa. And Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they are corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name. Always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. Right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to stop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. 
And if you're an NFL fan, there's one thing that you need to have every season. That's NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. And with NFL Game Pass, you can also get access to the entire NFL Films archive. Just go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. All right, guys. Well, it's time to get into our keys for success for this weekend's game against the Carolina Panthers. And I think there's only one place to start, John. I think it's on the offensive side of the ball where I think most of us are expecting the Chargers' biggest offensive output of the season. And, of course, it starts with rookie quarterback Justin Herbert. And I think this is a good chance for him to go into this game and correct some of the mistakes that we saw in week one, some of the missed passes that he had, some easy passes like in the fourth and the five play to Keenan Allen in the flat, not making that terrible throw into double coverage and getting that interception. I doubt we'll see that anytime again soon. But when you're looking at this Carolina Panthers defense, John, and looking at what you want to see from the offensive side of the ball, where are you going with your first key for success for the Chargers this weekend? It's got to be running the ball and doing it really well. Like not just taking 40 runs and getting maybe a hundred yards out of it. Right. You got this team is really bad at stopping the run. You got to be hammering that run and you should be coming out of this with like 180 to 200 yards in this game. And you got to be doing this effectively, converting third downs and taking the pressure off of Herbert. Herbert's probably going to do some good things, probably going to improve, but he does not need to be throwing a bunch of passes and having this game be on his shoulders. He should just be there to manage the game, just like we were expecting Tyrod to manage the game. He did well managing the game against the Chiefs. He should be able to do the same thing in this game. And the way to do that, run the ball, set up the play action, and control the time of possession, really. If you control the time of possession, that's less chances for your defense to be tired. Well, it's not just controlling the time of possession because you can, you know, get long extended drives all game long. But if you only end up with a field goal from it, it doesn't feel great. And the Chargers you know, saw that firsthand last week when they had the 17 play drive over 10 minutes of game clock run out. But they only end it with three points, with this, which the Chiefs were easily able to come back and tie the game to send it into overtime. And I think really what it's going to come down to in this game, David, is the execution once you get down there. We saw the Chargers actually much better in the red zone last week. The short yardage situations were still kind of hit or miss for the team, but really executing in the end zone is in the red zone is what ended up really making the Chargers pay last week when they weren't able to convert that drive into a touchdown to go up seven towards the end of the game. So for me, one of the major keys for this game, David, has to be executing on those third and shorts, executing near the red zone and turning, you know, three points into seven points. I don't think that can be overlooked because once you settle for a field goal, it almost always comes back to bite you in the ass. 
No question about it. And this is something that the Chargers have been struggling with for the last several years. It's not just last year. It's not just the year before. But it's been a while since the Chargers have been very efficient in the red zone. So they definitely need to do a better job. And I think they need to have more creative play calling. We were talking they need to have more creative play calling in the red zone. You know, maybe, you know, do some more play action. Get, you know, some, you know, two, three times. Two or three tight end sets, you know, don't just run it up the middle. Don't get so vanilla. Get a little more creative. Use Hunter Henry. Use Mike Williams in the red zone. Also, one of my keys for success to help Justin Herbert get comfortable and get into a rhythm is, you know, just emulate the offense that he ran in Oregon. You know, a lot of quick throws, uh, a, a lot of timing plays, a lot of just good rhythm play calling for Justin Herbert. Get him comfortable. Get get the throws uh, feeling good for him. And I think that's going to help you stay on the field, extend your drives, and ultimately put yourself in position to have success in the red zone. And I, you can't forget to mention that all that goes with creative play calling that flows throughout the game. Not random play calling, creative play calling. Can't stress that enough week by week. Well, and I think you only have to look back to last week when the Chargers had been pretty creative most of the game, and then Justin Herbert tucks a speed option play to the right side and ends up getting it down first and goal on the two-yard line, and the Chargers decide to run it with Josh Kelly up the middle twice in a row, which really derailed that red zone possession. I mean, the one time we saw Justin Herbert run a play action in the red zone, he rolls out to the right. The running back's not open. He has the opportunity to tuck it himself, and what he did was run right into the end zone pretty easily on that play. So I'd like to see a lot more of that this week, especially when they know you're running the football, maybe try to pop a play-action pass in there. And there's so many good play-action passes in the red zone that we just don't see the Chargers run, and I think they really have to get creative. But I think another thing, John, for this you know Chargers offense is just staying creative because I know you talked about it last week on the what went right part of the show. The Chargers did get a little bit more creative. They're running plays to set up other plays going forward in the game. And I think if you can continue to see that against this Carolina Panthers defense, there's no reason the Chargers shouldn't be able to put up a good amount of points this week. They should, they should have no problem putting up points this week. And creative play calling will do just that. What you did against the Chiefs for the most part was really good. The way you ran the ball, set up the speed option, set up even like a couple of wide receiver screens to Keenan Allen, even though I'd like to see this go to Joe Reed more often. You did a good job of that. And against this Panthers team, you have no excuse. You have to be able to put up points on this team. But out of the last nine games that the Panthers have played, seven of them they've given up 30 points, and the other two they've given up 29. You have no excuse not to score a lot of points in this game. If you can't score a lot crazy. of points in this game, then when are you going to do it? That's crazy. I mean, those numbers, 29 or more points basically dating back to last year for the the really all recent history of this Carolina Panthers team. And it's a little bit different this year, but one person in particular, I think that could really have a good game this week is Joshua Kelly, because the last two weeks, the Carolina Panthers defense has really gotten roughed up by Josh Jacobs. They got roughed up by Leonard Fournette. David, last week we saw Joshua Kelly get a ton of carries. I mean, he's one of the leading running backs in the NFL as far as attempts and the chargers 
have run on average, I think, 42 and a half times per game, which is obviously something you want to see continue. But I think Joshua Kelly's running style is something that really fits a weakness for this Carolina Panthers defense. So I'm expecting a big day out of Joshua Kelly. I think if you can get him some physical runs up the middle and keep giving it to him, I think he's going to pop a couple of 15 to 20 yard runs and I think that could be one of the ways this Chargers offense really you know flips the field and starts getting into opposing territory yeah I mean this is a key for success for all of us is continue to run the football I mean the first two games the Chargers have ran for over 170 yards in both contests and they need to continue to have that be their identity and help Justin Herbert as well Justin Herbert shouldn't go into this game feeling like he can he has to do everything on his own he definitely needs to learn on lean on this running game and this Carolina Panthers defense is absolutely terrible against the run last week they gave up 122 yards on 22 carries, three touchdowns, and that was good for 5.5 yards per carry. That is not good, folks. That is absolutely terrible. So the Chargers should have a big opportunity to run the football, chew up that clock, and maintain possession. And finish the drives and touchdowns once they they get there. But I think another key for this game is continuing the success of this offensive line. I mean, we have seen so many formations of this line be successful last week Trey Turner was one of the worst offensive linemen for the Chargers and he was a prized offseason acquisition so I don't want to take for granted how good this Chargers offensive line has been not only you know in pass protection where they've been much improved which makes you feel a lot better about Justin Herbert being out there but also in the running game I mean we're seeing some holes from these running backs that we haven't necessarily seen in years past, and I think you can. We just even saw an offensive lineman pick up Austin Eckler <laughs> and exactly literally drag him like six yards for <laughs> probably my favorite moment last week. Man, is that was Dan awesome. Feeney literally picking up Austin Eckler. There's a mic'd up spot for Austin Eckler where he's going to the sideline. He's like, "Hey, did you guys see Fiend pick me up?" And I was literally like, "Hey, my feet aren't touching the ground." Uh, that's pretty awesome. I mean, it, that's what your offensive lineman should be doing. Hopefully, the Chargers can get a little bit more push, especially in the short yardage situations. But one connection I want to see develop this week a little bit is the connection between Justin Herbert and Mike Williams. I think Mike Williams is one of the only players statistically that had a better game with Tyrod Taylor. Last week, he only gets two catches. He has the one where Justin Herbert just underthrew it, where he would have had a deep touchdown. But I think that is one connection we haven't really seen so far, John. And I think this week, if you can get a couple of big plays out of Mike Williams on the back end, I think this Chargers offense will be infinitely better. And that comes from creative play calling again. If you can set up a one-on-one with Mike Williams on the outside and the safeties in the middle of the field away from Mike Williams, take your shot. But you got to set it up. If it's kind of obvious what you're doing and they can leave the safety over by Mike Williams, you're never going to get those. But it also comes to plays where you get Hunter Henry open deep too. That's a big chunk play. Like you did against the Bengals when you were driving down the field and you got that big play to Hunter Henry. Plays like that. A lot of yards after catch for Hunter Henry this year. Exactly. That's a big thing too. You don't have to always just lob it up to someone and hope they catch it. Just find them in space and let them run. And I think Jalen Guyton needs to be someone that you do that with as well. Find him in a space and let him use that speed to run. But Mike Williams is a good one for an example because he doesn't have to be open. He just has to have one-on-one coverage with no safety help, and he can out-jump somebody. Big plays that make this offense even better because once you think you got the offense figured out, here comes that deep play over the top of you, and now you have no solution for this offense. And that's saying something for an offense that's not expected to do good this year, but if you have no solution for them, 
good luck trying to do anything with our defense as well. And I think that'll come with time for Justin Herbert, just not seeing Mike Williams physically be open and being able to still throw that ball anyways. But even using Jalen Guyton to get a little clear out, right, where you just have him go deep and open up some of those deep middle parts of the field for a guy like Mike Williams, who's a big-time target in the middle of that defense. And Mike Evans absolutely torched this Carolina Panthers defense last week. You have a big-bodied receiver that can bully cornerbacks. And I think Mike Williams is a guy that, if he gets targeted enough, I think could have a big impact on this game. But we still have to flip it to the other side of the ball because we have to get into our keys for success on the defensive side for the Chargers coming up right after this. But first... You guys need to be investing your intuition this weekend with MyBookie. You can use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, and double your first deposit. That's free money for you guys. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports that you love and the games that you bet. Your winning season begins today only with MyBookie. All right, guys, well, it's time to flip the script and head over to the defensive side of the ball, going up against the Carolina Panthers offense that has been pretty formidable so far. I mean, last week they had three turnovers that really set them aside from having a pretty decent game, but they've been in every game that they've played so far this season. They took the Las Vegas Raiders really, I mean, to the end of the game. They had to come back and get a game-winning touchdown. They were only down seven with about two minutes to play last week against the Buccaneers. So, David, this is going to be a big week for this Chargers defense to continue their stretch of dominance, where so far this year they've only allowed about 16 points per game, or exactly, you know, 16 and a half points per game so far this season. So, what is your first key for success for this Chargers defense going up against this Carolina Panthers offense? Well, it starts with getting after Teddy Bridgewater, and I think that's where it always has to start. And there's a big opportunity to do so against this offensive line. The Charger, this offensive line, the Bucks last week had five sacks and seven QB hits. So, yeah, that is a lot. That's a lot of abuse to take as well, and it definitely affected Teddy Bridgewater in that game. That was with Russell Okung, too. Yeah, that was with Russell Okung, and it seems like Russell Okung is not going to be there on Sunday. So I'm sure the Chargers pass rushers are licking their chops. They're frothing at the mouth. They're extremely excited to get after the quarterback, and they should be able to do that. But also, I think in the interior, I think Linval Joseph and Jerry Tillery getting pressure in the middle, going up against the weak guards of the Carolina Panthers, I just think... All of these guys are going to have a lot of success, and you're definitely going to hear that manifest itself in my bold prediction later on in the show. And David stole my key for success defensively from Charge Domination Live. It's fine, but I think that Jerry Tillery could have a lot of success in this game, and I think it's big for him to be stacking these successes on top of each other. I mean, we've already seen two of the better games in his career in only two weeks when he's not getting pressure. He's blocking PATs, but I think that is the spot where you can attack this defense. And I think it's even, you know, getting Joey Bosa on the inside for some of these obvious passing downs because him going up against any guard in the league is a mismatch. I'll just say that off the top. But I think for this Chargers defense, there's a lot of things I need to see out of them this weekend. But it's not just getting the pressure, John, because even though Teddy Bridgewater is not the most athletic quarterback in one of the games this season, he had four rushes for 26 yards. But even though that doesn't sound crazy, that could be the difference of a game of all of those are on third down conversions. And I think in both of the games this season, we saw Joe Burrow get his first NFL touchdown on a 20 plus yard scramble. We had Patrick Mahomes going 20 plus yards on third and 20 last week that absolutely brutalized the Chargers towards the end of this game. So it's not just 
getting that pressure, John, but it's also about keeping containment. Maybe we'll see some more QB spy this week. I like to hope so because Teddy Bridgewater may not be the fastest or most athletic QB, but the guy can run if he needs to, and he can pick up a decent amount of yards as well. And if you lose containment on him, then it's going to be a long day for your defense because you could rush in and look like you're about to get him, but once he escapes and gets a a first down, all that pass rush is really for nothing if it's just running past him like you were with Patrick Mahomes on that third and 20 when you basically let the middle – of the defensive line split wide open and he just ran up the middle. Bridgewater can make those kind of plays as well. You just got to own the defensive line in this game, even at the running, even in the running game. They don't have Christian McCaffrey, but any running back can beat you if you don't account for them. And if Bridgewater is running on you and the running backs running on you, your defense will be on the field for a long time. And even if your offense is doing good, your defense will still get tired from not getting off the field on third down. So owning the defensive line, line of scrimmage has got to be a must this week. Yeah, I agree with that. And surprisingly, the Chargers have given up almost five yards per carry so far this season. I mean, you wouldn't know it because they haven't really had big totals put up against them. I mean, they did pretty good against Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and they did really good against Joe Mixon as well. Most of that average is coming from those quarterback scrambles. That's why that number doesn't look very good for the Chargers right now. But I think one of the big things for this game, as it usually is for them, David, is the tackling. I mean, the Panthers will take some deep shots, and I expect some deep shots that the Chargers in two games this year had a couple go over the heads of defenders that didn't end up being caught against the Bengals and then the big Tyreek Hill play against the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think this game is going to have a lot to do with the linebackers. Even though Christian McCaffrey's not out there, I still think they'll be throwing to the running backs a ton whether it's Mike Davis or whoever ends up getting that call. But I think the Chargers linebackers being able to tackle an open space, being able to do a little bit more in coverage will be a key for this game, as it always is. But any more keys you want to get into defensively for the Chargers this week, David? Yeah, one last one for me is that they're the I, w- I want to see the Chargers try to win with four, just rush only four. I don't expect the Panthers to run the football a lot in this game. I think they're definitely going to be looking to throw the ball. So I want to have more defenders back in coverage, and I just want to extinguish the Carolina Panthers offense. Uh, I just don't. I don't like. I don't see them running the football a lot, but I do see them throwing the ball a lot to DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore is a guy I know you like a lot, Daniel. Definitely have to try to to limit them as much as possible. So uh, a limit a blitz occasionally, but not all the time. I want to see them try to win with four rushers more often than not. Yeah, you got to pick your spots, but I think that is one of the better matchups from this game. And I think Michael Davis, who's been really good so far, except for tackling, where he's still awful at that. Let's not forget. But this Carolina Panthers receiving trio between Robbie Anderson, no Seth Roberts, as John wants to bring up, but Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, and DJ Moore, that's a pretty good trio right there. You have a deep threat in Robbie Anderson. You have a guy in the slot that can hurt you in Curtis Samuel that they will hand the ball off to as well on jet sweeps. And you also have DJ Moore, who is kind of a really all-around good receiver. He's not necessarily a deep threat. Not totally a possession receiver, but can win contested catch situations and is also very good after the catch as well. So I think that this Chargers defensive 
defensive back group versus those wide receivers will be a key matchup. And also, John, just the fact that the Chargers need to keep taking the ball away. The Carolina Panthers turned the ball over three times last week, all by Teddy Bridgewater, one strip sack and also two interceptions. If the Chargers can, you know, get some pressure in these defensive back and stick to these wide receivers, I think that'll be a huge key for success for the Chargers defense. Be a major key, especially since we talk about the offense struggles at scoring. Hey, why not help Herbert out? Get an interception, make him only have to go 40 yards instead of 80 yards. Or and, a pick six. <laughs> or even a pick six. I mean, I know that's going to be something you're going to mention later, but uh, even a pick six would just be a major boost to this team. Especially if you start off with it, like third play of the game is a pick six. Just imagine the momentum boost already in that nice. game. <laughs> oh, man. That would change everything for the game. But Remember when the Chargers were down 10-0 after a pick six to the Cardinals and ended up winning 45-10? to <laughs> Oh, Lord. Ugh. Don't even remind me that we started that game off bad. But the thing is, is you can set up those plays with some big hits. We got some guys that can lay the wood. And the Panthers receivers are not exactly big guys. No. They're just speedy guys. So all you have to do is just. Just hit them really hard. Do a Denzel Perryman type of hit and just hit them hard and make them not want to run as fast. Make them be looking over their shoulder every now and then. And you can make an interception go right past their head into your hands. You can make a fumble happen like that too. Yeah, I like the thought of just putting Jaleel Adai out there as like that basketball player that comes off the bench to give you five or six hard fouls. (laughs) Just have him in the middle for those wide receivers when they want to catch something over the middle. But... We do want to get into our predictions, so it's time to put our money where our mouth is. Guys, let's start with our bold predictions for this week. I know what mine's going to be. David, where are you going for your bold prediction going into this one? You've been close already this season. Yeah, I'm trying to hit it, man. I'm trying to hit the nail on the head, of course. But my bold prediction is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. I think the Chargers are going to have an opportunity for multiple people to have sacks in this football game. So that's why my bold prediction is going to be that the Chargers are going to get six sacks of Teddy Bridgewater in this game on Sunday. I'm going to flip it over to the offensive side of the ball, especially a guy I talked about in our keys for success offensively. I think this team has struggled with physical running backs. I think this is a big game for Joshua Kelly. I'm going to say 18 attempts for Joshua Kelly for 120 yards and two touchdowns in this game against the Panthers. John, where are you going bold this week? You guys are as bold as a glass of water. <laughs> it's last, a week, last week, the Chargers... Did a 17-play drive that lasted over 10 minutes. Oh, boy. The Chargers' team record for longest drive is 18 plays, 80 yards. 11.52 off the clock happened in 1991. I'm going to say they break that with a 19-play drive for 81 yards and 12 minutes off the clock. But do they score a touchdown at the end of it? Field goal. Oh, no. Don't give me that. <laughs> of course. God, that sucks. Uh, that's, a, that's a bad prediction. All right, well, I'm going to take a non-bull prediction and say that we've seen the longest drive from the Chargers already this season last week. But let's get into our game predictions, John. You're always good for a history lesson. How are you feeling about this one on Sunday? Well, we've mentioned that the Chargers cannot take this team lightly. And you really can. I mean, yeah, they look like they're bad. They're horrible. This should be an easy win. Should score a lot of points on them. But historically, the Chargers have played the Panthers six times and have only one win against the Panthers. And that was in 2004. That was a 17-6 to victory when the Chargers went 12-4 and made the playoffs for the first time in 10 years. 
We should have two wins, but Dante Rosario scored the last second touchdown, the very last play to take a 26-24 win on opening day 2008, breaking all of our hearts. The rest of the games, not really good performances. The Chargers seem to struggle against the Panthers and the NFC South, for that matter. Against the Falcons, they only have two wins all the time against the Falcons. So you cannot take this team lightly, but I think this should be the Chargers' second all-time win against the Panthers. I'm taking the Chargers 30-23. to Still a one-possession game. David, how do you see it going this weekend? I think the Chargers on defense are going to be able to harass Teddy Bridgewater, as I mentioned in my bull prediction on offense. I think the Chargers are going to be able to run the ball very effectively and be able to get throw some chunk plays in there as well. I think it'll be close for most of the game, but I do see the Chargers separating towards the end, and I think they're going to win this game 35-21. to yeah, so, I mean, that's only one point less than how many points they've put up total this season in their two games. They've only scored 36 so far this year. So, I, I definitely think this could be the best Chargers offensive up output. Yeah, wow. That's a pretty good plus or minus right there, right? Zero. Uh, yeah, but I do think the Chargers will find some success offensively. Obviously, I'm bullish on Justin Herbert. That's really what I want to see the most. I mean, after yelling at Anthony Lynn all this week, I mean, Justin Herbert better come out there and prove me right, right? But I think that I have a very similar score to John Kegley. I'm going to say the Chargers win 30-20 to in this game. I think they're going to have a defensive touchdown, hopefully. I know this Chargers defense is much better than their turnover margin really shows. So I think that the Chargers get it done this week, 30-20, to get their second win against the Carolina Panthers, and move on to week four and forward with Anthony Lynn having to make some tougher decisions on wanting to put Tyrod Taylor back in as the Chargers starting quarterback but that is going to wrap things up for today's show a really fun week with you know all the Justin Herbert talk so far but until next week guys make sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked on LAC and to like the Facebook page Locked on Chargers as well as checking out our other show Chargers Domination Live a brand new episode aired last night and you guys can catch that on Facebook as well if you guys want to follow the show, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify. That's always the easiest way to get the show and you get it faster than everybody else. But if you guys want to get your reactions before this game or after this game, you make sure to call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. The number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show a lot of good voicemails coming in this week but we'll be back with you guys on monday hopefully to recap a big chargers win and justin herbert's first career victory on monday but until then take it easy and go bolts